This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be back from vacation. Anybody else back from vacation? Oh, yeah, just a few of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got back last night. It's great. And uh, saw a little bit of Southern California and uh, had a great time. So... um, I'm happy to be back. We are, uh, just as I was worshiping this morning, that song, Our God is Mercy, really touched me. What a great time of worship, and then on through the rest. But as we were singing, Our God is Mercy, I was reminded that because our God is a God of grace, He's the God who gives us a second chance. He believes in us sometimes when we don't believe in ourselves, right? Many of us have been there. And in this sermon series that we are launching this morning, we are going to have the opportunity to take that grace and that mercy that God has given to us and demonstrate it in the lives of people around us and to the people around us in the form of service. We're beginning a brand new sermon series called Servolution. It's part of this two-year project we're calling the Take Hold Initiative. Those of you who have been around for a while, let's see if we can say that verse from Scripture. 1 Timothy 6.12, are you ready? Everybody shout. Yeah, right. You're not going to shout it out. You'd be afraid. You got the wrong words. All right, here we go. Ready? Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Absolutely. So what we're doing is we're taking hold of the life that Christ has for us. We're not just taking hold of part of it or some of it or the parts that are most convenient or natural for us. But when it comes to taking hold of the life that Christ has for us, how much of it do we want? All of it. Because that's when it works best. And this morning we're launching this sermon series on the subject called Servolution because serving is a very important dimension of the life that Christ has for us. So we're going to explore that over the next two months or so. We're going to do some really fun stuff. We're going to talk about serving our world. And during serving our world, we're actually going to eat the only food voluntarily. We won't force you to do this. But many of us are going to choose to voluntarily eat the only food that many people in our world ever get. And that's beans and rice. And we're going to have an interesting week or two of that. And uh, then we're going to come back together and we're going to take the money that we've saved, maybe add a little bit to it, and our goal is going to be to build a church building for a church in India that we have visited that has, that has a, a tiny, tiny, tiny little room that they meet in. It's hard to imagine we can put together the funds to build a church building in one week, isn't it? But we're going to do that. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about serving our community. So there's a Sunday in here where we're going to meet together for a communion service at about 8.30 in the morning. It's going to be a short one. And then we're going to go out into the community and we're going to serve all across the breadth of this community. we got people working behind the scenes to get that organized. And then we're going to gather back together here at noon for a great big lunch. We're going to have a lot of fun just blessing our community And then we're going to talk about serving our church. And in serving our church, we're going to do a ministry fair. And the goal behind the ministry fair is that all of us would would sign up for a regular role of service 
in our community of faith. Because this is about serving. And we're, and we're going to see how God will change our lives through what we do and through the whole perspective of taking on the heart of a servant in, in a sermon series called Servolution. And you can choose whether that's a revolution of service or it's a solution of service. It gets you to the same place either way, right? Yeah. If you don't like the word servolution, I won't tell you who came up with it. But I, th- I like it. I think it's a good one. It was not me, however, all right? But I like it. I think it's a great word. You know, as I was praying about this uh, and, and working on this sermon, there, there's something that came across, um, came across my computer. And it's about how guys love to serve. And if there's ever a time that guys like to step up to the plate and serve and work and be part of the action, it's at a barbecue, right? Awesome. So I came across this. This is 10 steps to how the normal barbecue works. Step number one, the wife buys the food. Step number two, the wife prepares the meat for cooking, places it on a tray along with all the sauces and necessary cooking utensils, and takes it to the husband who's usually lounging beside the grill with his buddies. Step number three, The wife remains outside the compulsory 10-foot exclusion zone where manly bonding activities occur without female interference. Step number four, very important one here, the husband places the meat on the grill. Step number five, the wife puts the tablecloth on the table, beautifully arranges the, the plates, the silverware, the glasses, the centerpiece, the condiments, the salt, the pepper shakers, and the drinks, and so forth. Step number six, Wife goes back out to the husband to tell him that the meat is looking great but probably needs to be turned and asks him and his buddies if they need another drink. Step number seven. The husband takes the meat off the grill, hands it to the wife. Number eight. After eating, the wife clears the table, puts the leftovers in the refrigerator, and does the dishes. Number nine. Everyone praises the husband for the great barbecue. Thanks him for a lovely meal. Then after everyone leaves, the husband turns to the wife and asks how she's enjoyed her night off. (laughs) Confused and annoyed by the look he gets, at that moment he turns and mutters to himself, you just can't please a woman. I recognize that might be slightly exaggerated. No. No. (laughs) But you know something? It led me to an interesting truth and a realization about myself and probably about most of us. And that is, we think we serve probably more than we actually do. And secondly, even the service that we give oftentimes is tainted with some impure motives, maybe some strings attached, maybe a desire to be noticed or praised or whatever. Anybody relate to that? Absolutely. Let's run a little experiment, okay? I want you to think. I'm going to give you 10 or 15 seconds to think, and I want you to picture in your mind the perfect day for you. Are you thinking? 
You know, for most of us, myself included, I'm picturing the tropics, right? Nice, warm, sunny day. I'm on the beach or somewhere where it's sunny. I'm in a chase lounge. Sitting beside me is an ice-cold drink, right? I've taken my cell phone. I've thrown it in the ocean. So no one will bother me, right? This is sounding very much like a beer commercial, isn't it? Yeah. Do those people know how to tie into what we think and what we want? Sure. Yeah. Now I want you to picture with me, because that's what most of us, variations of that, maybe you're in the mountains, maybe you're somewhere. But usually when we stop and think of our perfect day, it's a day where we don't do much, and we don't have many responsibilities, and it's usually a day where people serve us. But you think about a different kind of perfect day. A day where you wake up in the morning and you're excited about the day. Because of all that it's going to hold. You're in a foreign country. You sit down to a small but healthy breakfast. And you head out and you jump in the cab of a truck. And you head to a refugee camp. Where you look into the eyes of thousands of people. Who have been displaced from their homes. But you have what they need. You have food. And you have water. And you spend the entire day lifting pallets of food and containers of water. And you lift and you hand out and you lift and you hand out until your back is aching and your feet are tired and you're exhausted. You head back to camp. You eat a good meal. It's plain, but it's good. You lay down on your cot or your bed. And your back hurts and your feet still hurt, but your heart's full because you know you made a difference. Can you relate to that day? I believe that everyone in our audience this morning can relate to both. I think we have both natures in us. We have that part of us that loves to be served and that wants to be served and that feels like life is as it should be and it's fun and it's the most fun when when things are happening for us. But I also believe that if we are willing to, to tap down beneath that surface that in our hearts resides the nature of a person who actually wants to serve and wants to make a difference. Over the next two months, we're going we're gonna to talk about how to tap down beneath that surface. Before I jump into that in our teaching for the morning, I want you to pull out this card, if you would. Some of you thought I forgot that already, didn't you? All right? We should pull out this card. It's the Start Here card or Connect card. And I have a couple things to say about this. Number one... We have, as a church, especially for those of you who are new, if you've been here all a long time, you already know this. If you would put your name, if we already have your contact info, if you'd put your name at the bottom in that contact information box, um, that's all we need from you. However, if your contact info has changed, please give us the new information. If you're new to New Life, we have lots of tools and lots of resources to help you get connected with God, but we can't get them to you unless we have your contact information. So if you would put as much uh, information in that box as you're comfortable with, it would enable us to begin to, to work with you 
uh, and help you get connected with God. On the back side, I'm just going to ask you to completely ignore the back side because there was a, a, a technical glitch and the, the back side of this card actually is from a Sunday, I don't know how many Sundays ago. So nothing on there really applies to today. So sorry to do that to you. And uh, so that's just the way it's going to be. So once you've got the contact information, you're going to be done with that card for today. Now let's go read a passage of Scripture in which God lays it out. He just throws it down and says, this is the way it is. And it's a wonderful opportunity that we're going to come back to at the end of our service. But there's a huge challenge in it as well. And here's what the Bible says. God has rescued us. I want you to underline the word rescued because that means it's really important. The the word rescue, actually, we never use that term unless someone is in danger, correct? Rescue always implies danger, and it always implies moving a person from a place of danger to a place of safety. And the Bible says that God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, So evidently, there's danger in the kingdom of darkness, and He has transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Does that sound like a promotion to you? Big time promotion. The kingdom of His dear Son is a place of safety. And so, we have a little visual this morning. We have the kingdom of darkness, which is going to be over here, and that's not Justin, that's what he's going to put up there, And, and the kingdom of light, Kevin's going to put up here, because... Yes, there you go. I I want all of us to be reminded as I talk continually that these are our two options in life. Everyone in this room is either in the kingdom of darkness or in the kingdom of light. Let's talk a little bit about the kingdom of darkness because from the outside, the kingdom of darkness is a very, very interesting place. Because one of the key rules in the kingdom of darkness is there are no rules. In the kingdom of darkness, you get to do whatever you want to do. That's the whole deal about the kingdom of darkness. You hear sayings in it all the time. Be yourself. Take care of yourself. Serve yourself. Look out for yourself. You also hear statements like, if it feels good, what's the rest of that? Do it. Yeah. All of these mantras are part of this kingdom, and it actually has a golden rule in this kingdom of darkness. And the golden rule goes like this. He who has the gold makes the rules. And that's how it works, because one of the assumptions in the kingdom of darkness is that money makes life better. Power makes life better. So there's an all-out grab in the kingdom of darkness for both money and power because they represent leverage. And of course, the more money you have, the more you can pay people to serve you or exercise your leverage if you're really good and get them to serve you for free because you're rich and everybody wants to serve you. But there's an interesting thing about the kingdom of darkness. When you live in a kingdom where one of the mantras is live for today, you find out that it's a lot of fun to live for today, but the longer that you live only for today, the harder life gets. Because you end up burning a lot of your future today. 
And you find out that when you live in a kingdom that has no rules, eventually it leads to a destructive lifestyle. Always and inevitably. As fun as it is, it leads to a place of destruction and usually some form of self-destruction. So in this kingdom, marriages don't tend to last. In this kingdom, there's lots of crime. In this kingdom, children are often caught in custody battles. In this kingdom, people often die prematurely because the lifestyle that comes out of this kingdom does not support longevity. It's all about today. Now, what does the Bible say? God rescued us from this kingdom. Because this is a place, as fun as it looks from the outside, this is a place of great danger. By the way, those of you who have children, you recognize that one of the signs of immaturity is the inability to recognize danger when it's present. Correct? Yeah. One of the signs of maturity is the ability to recognize danger when it's present. Okay? So it's the immaturity in us that appeals to this life. It's the short look. It's the here and now. Let's talk about this kingdom. From the outside, it looks rather boring. I can tell you that for sure. Because in this kingdom, you realize that people in this kingdom are taught that not every natural desire they have is actually good. And they are taught not to give in to many of their natural desires. Over here, you're encouraged to explore things like pornography and sex outside of marriage. Those are personal freedoms to be explored. And everyone is encouraged to do that. Over here, no. We can talk about the differences for a long time. That's why this kingdom on the outside looks a little boring. Because it's got rules. Now, truthfully... The king of this kingdom tells us that the rules are for our own good and our own benefit. But like all children, we don't always believe that, correct? Yeah. But in the kingdom of light, it has its own golden rule. And it's the one that you were taught when you were a kid. And that is, do to others what you want others to do to you. Let's state it a little more fully. It is, treat all other people in every situation, the way you would like to be treated if you found yourself exactly where they are. Is there a challenge there? Huge challenge. You know how kids apply? I know how I applied this when I was a kid. When my older brother hit me, I hit him back. And when my mom said, what does the golden rule say? I applied it like this. He hit me, so I figured that's how he wanted to be treated. <laughs> so I hit him. It's not what that means. Yeah. You know, when, when we get translated into this kingdom, there's a profound change that begins to take place in us because in this kingdom... Marriages last. In this, in this kingdom, children are raised not in perfect homes, but in healthy homes. 
in this kingdom, the longer you live, the more you tend to enjoy life and the richer and fuller it gets because you are collecting and you are accumulating a vast um, storehouse of memories that are great. Not times when you got high or drunk and did stupid things, but times when you got high on Jesus. Times when you went to the mission field and you made a difference. Times when you served in children's ministry and you saw the eyes of a small child light up. Times when you sat in the audience like some of you did last Sunday and you watched upper elementary age kids and junior high kids getting baptized and you realized those were kids that you had made a difference in their lives and you had taught them and you had led them in worship and you had invested in them and you sit in the audience and your eyes tear up. Why? Because you're happy. Because you realize, by golly, I am making a difference. It's such a great thing to live in the kingdom of life. Let's go behind the scenes and look at a couple of related passages of Scripture. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment, that you love one another. Well, that wasn't new, but the rest of it was new. He said, just as I have loved you. I I want you to ask yourself a question. If you've ever heard anything about Jesus, I'll guarantee you, whatever you heard about him, it was about him doing something for someone else. Because that's how he lived. He was healing the sick. He was giving sight to the blind. He was giving the ability to hear to those who couldn't hear. He was sitting with the children and bringing the children on his lap and he was blessing them. He was sitting on a mountainside and he was teaching people life-changing principles that would make a difference in their lives and in their world and in eventually in all of the world. Jesus was always doing something for someone else. When Jesus said, I want you to love as I have loved you, one of the things that he was saying is that the primary way that you demonstrate love to others is by serving them. You can just sort of write this in your notes. Where there is no service, there is no love. been married for a little over 40 years and i can tell you yes i can tell you this if i tried to sell monica on the fact that i loved her but i didn't want to do anything for her but i had a warm fuzzy feeling in my heart nevertheless okay you think she would buy that you don't even have to know monica to know she wouldn't buy that right but if you know monica you really know that she wouldn't buy that because we all intuitively know where there is no love There is no service. And what did Jesus say? Uh, This is my commandment. By the way, just point of clarification here. It does not say, I'm giving you a new suggestion. What does it say? I'm giving you a new commandment. That you love one another. By the way, was he talking about loving people inside the church? Or is there any limit on that? No limit. That you love one another. Now, 
Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5. And and let's read here in Galatians chapter 5. Paul says, you have been called to live a life in freedom. You know what we think? That means I get to do whatever I want, correct? That's what freedom is. No. My brothers and sisters, do not you use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to what? Say that again. Use your freedom to what? Ah. See, when I use my freedom to satisfy my sinful nature, I'm living over here. But when I use my freedom to serve everyone else in love, I'm living over here. The real question is, which kingdom am I going to choose to live in? He goes on to say, for the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pull over the side of the road and ask ourselves a question. What are we known for? Let's start with our church. What's our church known for? I am so delighted to say that when I get out in the community and I just circulate among people who don't even go to church anywhere, but they've heard of New Life, the reputation that usually we have is that's a church that loves people unconditionally. Anyone can go there, no matter what they've done, no matter who they are, and you walk in the door and they're going to love you and they're going to accept you. Is that a good reputation? That's an awesome reputation. I just want you to think with me for a minute. What would happen if we took that to a greater dimension? And what would happen if we were known as the church that not only loved and accepted people, but gave themselves away in service to them? Would that be even better? Yeah. Now, we work at that. But I would love for that to be our reputation. Imagine the difference in our world if every church and every Christian, if you, were to, if you were to go out into the world and just ask ordinary people who didn't go to church anywhere, what do you think of Christians and what have you heard about Christians? And they looked at you and they said, the one thing I know about Christians is they all serve. I mean, they, they do stuff in the community. They do stuff in the world. They get involved in organizations in our town. If you know a Christian... Well, you're going to know somebody that's doing something for other people. Wouldn't you love to have that reputation? Now I want you to think for just a minute. Because we the church are we the people. Right? So just for a minute, I want you to think about yourself. What are you known for? As a person and as a Christian. Are you known For a love that's so deep that you continually serve. And that's what people know about you. Whether that's the case or not, I'm hoping the next two months that we all get there. Not just me. Jesus is hoping we all get there. Because a Christian is one who follows whom? Jesus. And what was Jesus known for? What he did for other people. Wow. That's the whole point. So now, let's take a look and and move on to a couple of closing thoughts. Because in here, we have a challenge and we have a couple of opportunities. The challenge is this, okay? And that is, we are all tempted. 
We're tempted to live in one kingdom, but live by the rules of the other. And by the way, that doesn't make any difference which it is. We're all tempted. For instance, people that live in the kingdom of darkness, no one wants to live here all the time and forever. Why? Because it's dark. And because it's hard. So people that live in this kingdom every once in a while want to do something of service. Because they, they feel better about themselves. The idea is you want to do enough service in this kingdom you can feel good about yourself but still live here. We all know people like that. By the way, we may even be that. Let's look at the people in this kingdom. Because the people in this kingdom, unfortunately, have the same temptation. And that is, we want to live in this kingdom just enough that we feel good about ourselves, but we want to participate in some of the rules of this kingdom. So we only want to serve so much. And we only want to invest so much. And there are certain commandments in this kingdom that we'd prefer not to keep. Am I speaking the truth? It's the truth. But can I tell you that the life that Jesus has for us is all here? None of it's here. Right? And so the challenge for us over the next two weeks is that we would live in this kingdom fully and completely and that, that as we begin to pray, and this is what I want to challenge us to do as we pray through this week, that, that we would begin to pray, God, would you reveal to me parts of my life that are still in this kingdom? Because I want to get all the way here. All the way here. Because this is where I want to live. I want to be completely transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So that's the challenge. Now let's talk about an opportunity because we have a wonderful opportunity. One of the ways that God has wired up life is that the people that live in this kingdom actually get to bring light to the people who live in this kingdom. You ever been in darkness and suddenly a light starts to dawn? Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Well, there's a lot of people that live here, but they'd like a little light. Here's how Jesus said it, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, you are the light of, of where? The church? You are the light of what? The world, right. He goes on to give us an illustration like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Monica and I were on vacation down in Southern California just in a little town called Solvang, just uh, not too far from Santa Barbara. And there's lots of hills and lots of mountains. And we noticed that on the top of virtually every hill and every mountain, there were some giant-sized homes. Why? Because it's a place of prominence. Because the view is spectacular. And for me, it was an illustration of, wouldn't it be great if Christians became like a city on a hill? And they spread light. He goes on to say, No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your... What's the next two words? Does that sound like service to you? Yes, it does. Let your good deeds or your service shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Anybody here ever had an experience with a six-year-old with a flashlight? That's annoying. 
It seems like the only thing a six-year-old knows to do with a flashlight is shine it right in your eye, right? Hey, look, I got a flashlight. <laughs> and you're going, please. <laughs> you know, that's not what we do with those. I've just reflected on how many times Christians have the light of Christ and they just shine it right in the eyes of people in the world. And they can't figure out why people in the world don't want to come and go to church with them. You know, the idea of a light is not to shine it on somebody and expose everything bad in their life. The idea of a light is that you would light the path that leads to Christ. Are you on board with that? Yeah. What a great thing. We are the light of the world. We have an opportunity, those of us in this kingdom, to bring light to people in this kingdom. Again, good question to ask yourself. Am I light? Am I really light? Do I bless the people in my world who don't know Christ, who are still living here? Do I bring light, not in their eyes, but do I bring light to their life? There's a third opportunity, and that oppor- I'm sorry, a second opportunity, and that is those in the kingdom of darkness have the opportunity to be transferred into this kingdom. We read that right up front, didn't we? That God has rescued us. And the great thing about God is He leaves that offer open to anyone. Doesn't make a difference who you are. Doesn't make any difference where you live. Doesn't make any difference what you have done. Doesn't make any difference. Really, it just doesn't make any difference. You have the opportunity to be transferred from this kingdom into this one. And that's the, the challenge. Opportunity one, opportunity two. It all depends upon who you are and the choices that you've made in life so far. As we close... I'm going to pray through those opportunities. I'm going to give you, I want to encourage you to make some decisions because your life doesn't change until you make some decisions. Your life doesn't change until you make a decision and follow through it in, with it in that very first week. If you make a decision this morning, but you don't do anything concrete about it this week, by next week you will have forgotten that decision, right? So this is our time to make decisions. But I'm going to give us one other little thing before we go to that. And that is, it's the servolution in a saying. Okay? And it's three words and they all begin with W. And here they are. And that is, whatever, whoever, wherever. You know what that means? Whatever people need, whoever they are, and wherever they are, if I have the opportunity to serve, I will what? I will serve. I want you to think about that this week. I want that, that thing just to, to, to just um, sort of ring in your mind. Whatever, whoever, wherever. Whatever, whoever, wherever. And when you're driving down the road and you have the opportunity to serve someone by letting them in line when they have a blinker on, <laughs> or even if they're thoughtless and haven't put the blinker on, they're just sort of crowding over, I want you to think of whatever... Whoever, wherever. Can I tell you one little thing I do in my life? Just to help me go against the flow of my natural tendency to be selfish. Every time I pull into a parking lot and I'm going to go into a Kmart or a Safeway or any store, 
I look around for a shopping cart and I walk to the nearest shopping cart and I push it to the front door even if I don't need a cart. That's part of my whatever, whoever, wherever. And I just get a reminder over and over and over again that I have been called to serve. Do I know who's going to use that cart the next time? No, I don't. But it doesn't make any difference. It's a reminder to me that I have been called to serve. You find something like that in your life. And then as we work through this series, as God calls you to serve in a ministry or to eat beans and rice or to put together some money to help build that church building or to go out in our community, as God begins to place those callings in your life, What's the statement? Whatever, whoever, wherever. Let me pray. Father, what a great challenge. Thank you so much for rescuing us from a kingdom that some of us, maybe many of us, didn't even know we were in danger while we lived there. And transferring us into the kingdom of your dear son. Lord, today, would you give us grace to live all week long and focus on whatever, whoever, and wherever. That those words would just ring in our ears and in our lives and in our hearts and our souls and our spirits. And that it would begin to change how we live life. That we could take hold of the life that you have for us. This wonderful life of service toward other people. And then Lord, for those of us who, who really need to recommit our lives to you. That we, sometime in our past, we made a decision to be transferred into the kingdom of light. But truth be known, we've been living way more in the kingdom of darkness than in the kingdom of your dear son. Would you help us this morning to make a decision and say, nope, I'm going all in. I'm renewing my commitment to you. And Lord, for those of us who've never made that commitment, to be transferred. Would you help us to make that commitment this morning so we could begin to take hold of the life you have for us? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.